0: Hey, crew, Mark Hatmaker here, coming to you from the Comancheria. Today's episode, let's talk about the Walk Like a Warrior test. Actually, it should be uh, the extended test, because we provided resources before about uh, standing things you can do in the uh, immediate to find out if uh, this works for you, some uh, indigenous movement. This was an extended test over a seven-day period in the actual territory where much of this came from to see how it worked. And, uh, so a uh, little backstory. a few weeks back, I removed myself to Apache, Sinegua, Navajo, Yavapai, Canyonlands, some stomping grounds to acquire some hard to find resources, I mean actual tangible resources, my first few crates of them already are arriving, I mean I have picked up buku material because as uh, we should all know by now, not everything in the world's on the internet, uh, actually most of the gold is probably not there. And also, while I was out there, most importantly was to to put to test a few old school ideas that I've been studying on and working with and playing with for some time. But trying to get things as quickly or, or as verified as closely as possible, I wanted to test these tactics. Some of these are conditioning, some were movement. A lot of it was combative stuff. I wanted to test in the environments where they were born to give full consideration to whether they held any merit or just mere legend. I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, really just don't you know shake out once ever you you put them in the dust to see what happens. Uh, so one of those experiments was seemingly simplistic, was the mere act of walking, but as with all things, be they the correct way to throw a jab, swing a tomahawk, nerve glide, a double wrist lock, is more than meets the eye, as the devil is indeed in the details. And uh, actually, I'm going to say one of the most jaw-dropping experiments, met with a rousing success was warrior walking. And I, I probably hear you right now. Walking, were you kidding me, man? I mean, this snore, right? It, it, stay with me. This is uh, profoundly significant. And at least to me, and I think if I present this properly, over time, if you actually get exposed to the material, I think you're going to wind up make, possibly feeling the same way. Now, indigenous warrior walking. I mean, there's way more than meets the eye or the foot here. I mean, there is buku method. I mean, there is the uh, particular stride length and why and when it varies. What powers it? Where the relaxation points are. There are the, the foot strike details. The hand tensioning and or lack of tensioning in places. The shoulder instruction. There is the tuck. There's, well, anyway, there's much much more detail and more on that later. This is not the how-to on it. This is really kind of give you the the overall of what the results of the test were and then uh, we will be getting to the high uh, hows and wise down the road this just is an indigenous uh, talk as well. So we have to keep in mind early boxers, early wrestlers, early physical culturists, which is actually the forerunner of what we think of bodybuilders today, all you know, pre-supplements and, and uh, uh, steroids and such. So physical culturists, boxers, wrestlers, pugilists, they used walking for wind, or as they called it in the, uh, in the old days, bottom, uh, and uh, for the leaning effect, meaning you know, strip body fat off of you. We think of road work going on all the time. We think, you know, you know, this is, you got to get out there around and pov- uh, pound the pavement. Well, they thought this was anathema. I mean, the most, uh, and uh, they're not alone in this. The most up-to-date and sound exercise physiology and kinesiology studies confirm that it is a far more leaning to do walking as road work than the much touted hit, which is the high-intensity interval uh, training. The mechanism behind it is what we'll cover all that down the road, but a lot of it you can come down to if the basic, what's going on afterwards. Yes, indeed, sprinting can indeed and will do some leaning up, but we're talking about you know, athletes at the margins, people who are already uh, well deep into the weeds with and competitive with it. It can work wonders with us but when you go head to head comparison on it, we cannot fail to forget that what is going to give you the most uh, are you able to continue on with your sustained activity? We all know we throw in the sprints we're kind of wiped, right? we got to have a recovery period, and also we can't forget about it. it brings on the feelings of hunger, the satiety. How much do we feel uh, the need to want to eat afterwards? I'm not talking immediately after. We're talking about as the day goes on. So whatever you're trying to do in that sprint to boost the, the max O2, if you're looking for the leaning effect as well, you're also, and uh, I uh, won't get all the chemical makeup, but you're increasing the amount of the hormones that will cause you to feel hungry, where the other old-school method, you don't have that. Actually, you see it dip and decrease, and they're saying, this is why we're actually getting some leaning effect without the uh, corresponding uh, fatigue and or uh, pounding and grinding on the skeleton. Again, we're going to get really deep into the weeds and the science on it later on. Again, this is just uh, the overview. So, again, old-time boxers, Pedro scufflers, wrestlers, physical cultures, they, they're all advising against running. Now, uh, Apache warriors and other Plains tribes, uh, wonderful walkers, and it's not a walk like we might standardly think. I mean, they, they often disappeared into canyon land. This is tough territory, uh, and uh, leaving the lagging cavalry behind, what you hear, this is uh, referring to their loping stride. "Quote miles eating pace," unquote. And keep in mind, again, this is not easy. Terry, a territory, terrain is tough, and it gives all the time. That shifting sandstone to dust, uh, and this is also at elevation. Again, I'll give, you some, I'll give you some background. We'll link to it. There's some, uh, uh, a couple of uh, blog articles that we already have on this, uh, the, the original roadwork, and there's Walk Like a Warrior. And, again, there's already three other podcasts where we walk like a warrior. where We look at a really historic, deep in the weeds, a historical aspect of it, and then original roadwork part one and two, let you know how much people were walking in the old days, or now we're proud of ourselves. We walk around the block and see what was originally going on. Now, disclosure, let's talk about gear and uh, my skeleton for what you might need to do for the walking. First of all... No special gear required. I mean, I hit Winter Canyon Land and Lava Fields in a pair of worn Merrill shoes that I kid you not have holes in them, and I just put on a pair of wool socks uh, underneath that because again it was winter and there's snow on the ground. I wanted to come close to the moccasin effect. Very thin and unforgiving material. And uh, actually, I mean I have some moccasins, but they're coveted and I didn't want to risk them in the investment. So there, I made that concession. Uh, No hiking boots. Chose not to. I packed them in case I uh, chickened out and decided to go to them, but... Never even laced them up. Uh, so boots to the old-timers uh, were anathema. Need This was needless weight over time. They alter stride and kill contact aesthetics. And again, more, much, much, much more on that later. Now, FYI, I used this same footwear a- in these territories where others were having a hard slog, even with hi- uh, hikers' crampons, uh, walking sticks, and yak tracks additions. I mean, where we were going, in some areas, there were lots of ice on steep, elevated pitches. So I made no concession to terrain. So we're talking about still moving across ice, moving through snowfield, using this. Uh, I was curious. I really just wanted to go, does does this work out? (laughs) It did. Now, the scales did. Mine is 57 years old. as of the time of this recording. I have uh, already had one botched knee surgery from taking a really bad knee bar years ago. And I, at that time, was told my hiking days are done. Sure felt like it there for a while. Two years ago, I was advised to have a total uh, hip replacement of the left hip. I've had that uh, first, second, I've had three opinions on that. And I have been told that without hip replacement, even a walk at Dollywood, which is a local amusement park, would put me down for a day or two. And I did go through uh, such a thing for a while. Now, here's the experiment results in a nutshell. I hiked, I actually warrior walked, two excursions per day for uh, six days straight, well, was six and a half, so seven days, with so-called subpar footwear, which we already discussed, the rate of speed, high, not pushing it, never getting feel, a breathless feel out of it, wind. Uh, I was talking about Max02 or how the it perceived effort felt. Never at a loss. This is even at elevation. I live and train at 886 feet of uh, elevation in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I spent a week at 6,000-plus uh, uh, feet above sea level with, with zero detectable effect. I mean zero. This has not always been the case with me before. I've mean, you know visited the Rockies many times and, uh, around Boulder area and uh, definitely elevation there. And you can de- you still always feel that perceived effort. whenever you do, something you have to catch that breath afterwards. But hell, this time, no problem. Now post excursion, we get down to we're doing all this walking, hiking, putting in miles and mile and miles up and down, whatever. How does it shake out? Well, post-excursion, no ibuprofen, no ice, no prop up that leg, no nothing. I'm not saying a refusal to do so. No need to do so. Hell, check this out, not even a blister to show for my effort. Okay, now I'm not saying that hip replacement is not in my future. Okay, I don't want to lead you down that road and and say, hey, I'm a doctor giving advice, or even my own advice. I'm just saying so far, I'm doing some things that uh, I'm told that you're not going to have this without perceived pain effort. Um... I've had, again, three dogs say, let's go ahead and do this surgery, and so far, so I really think it's really turning myself over completely to the old school way. Three years of unleaded training and disciplined adherence to learning the warrior's walk. Well, hell, it sure feels like I kind of kicked that hip surgery can down the road. I'm not saying it ain't coming, but I'm saying it ain't right now. All right, so that's kind of the background on how that test worked out. Coming soon, in in case you're wondering, well, what the hell is this warrior's walk you're talking about? Well, I will go into the detailed hows and whys and the eternal feel of this warrior walking. We'll present these via blog and podcast episodes. And this is something you don't have to take the Canyonlands to tra- uh, t- uh, test. Of course, I hardly encourage it because it's just so damned gorgeous out that way. And you'll enjoy it and you can actually revel. and You can almost get yourself tearful going uh, if you're coming from a place of deficit and going there's this much uh, improvement going on. Now, you can uh, work this material right where you're at. Every step you take can be that way, but we have come up with two possible programs for you that we'll be presenting down the road to the Black Box Brotherhood. There's an 18-week warrior walk plan. This is for everyday folk who just want to lean up. You will strip down on weight, whip that skeletal support to shape, and build cardiovascular efficiency all the while taking in the scenery. This is man, woman, whoever. Warrior walking is an equal opportunity invigorator and rejuvenator. And Again, as far as uh, weight goes, I'm not talking, I'm 57 years old. and uh, I'm saying not doing too bad on, on the shape thing right now it's nothing but unlighted. it's nothing but uh, whatever bag work I put in whatever wrestling I put in and walking I do zero running I do zero burpees I don't swing a kettlebell I don't do anything along those lines so uh, again, my anecdote of one says, I, I wish I knew, <laughs> I wish I was doing this decades ago. Okay, the second plan is the the real serious warrior's out. This is the 30 week plan. When I say 30 weeks, you can constantly repeat these, but it's getting you to a place where you're going to feel like you just bam, hit it wherever you want to go. The 30 week plan for warrior walking, and we're calling it ready to raid, uh, that's going to put you right where you need to be, whether for easy, stripped, lean, and mean for your analytic physique. You like to have that nice, lean, and mean look all the time, or you're ready to raid in Canyonland. You're ready to just go to elevation every day and go hmm, let's let's do this thing and you'll head out there again i'll put these links in there you can read about it or you can just lock in your stride join that black box brotherhood man i'm telling you where the, that's where it's at get some access to material those two uh, walking programs will be coming up i'm going to want to say 60 uh, to 90 days but in the meantime then we'll actually tell uh, be doing some episodes down the road about actually how to do it uh, but the programs will let you know how to do some daily application to get you where you want to go Again, uh, if you like what you're hearing, really appreciate it. Go over to the extreme self protection.com, uh, have a look, see it over tons and hundreds and hundreds of products, the Indigenous Ability blog. If you like reading about uh, some science and history behind some of this old school rough and tumble, or uh, just put your ears on this podcast. So uh, take care of yourself, crew.